Welcome to Heart to Start, celebrating 10 years of a community-based exercise program where we welcome everyone to join us, no matter your experience or your pace. The goal of Heart to Start is to use the power of community and movement to help people become their best, healthiest selves together. I'm Dr. James Beckerman. I'm a cardiologist with the Providence Heart Institute in Portland, Oregon, and I've coached the Heart to Start program since we began in 2012. In each episode, I'll be speaking with past participants who inspire all of us in the Heart to Start community and experts from medicine, sports, and performance who can help us better achieve our goals. Later in each episode, I'll be sharing some activity goals for the upcoming week. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Providence and on Instagram at Providence Health System. And before we start, I want our listeners to know that the information provided during this program is for educational purposes only. You should always consult your healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or a treatment. In this week's episode, we are celebrating the fact that you have the heart to start. We'll share a little bit about the program itself and what to expect over these next 12 weeks. Our guest expert this week will help you set your mental mindset, what it means to set a goal, and how to train in a virtual setting. Elliot Waxman is a practitioner in the area of sports psychology, holding a master's degree from the University of Arizona, and he's also a certified mental performance consultant. Elliot helps athletes learn to focus better, improve their confidence level, and increase their motivation. His sessions often cover the multiple facets of the field of sports psychology, peak performance, motivation, mental toughness, focus, goal setting, and visualization. Elliot has consulted with high school student athletes, collegiate programs, and professional athletes. Welcome to Heart to Start. Dr. Beckerman, thanks for having me. Looking forward to chatting with you. Absolutely. You know, I've been really excited about the opportunity to talk to you. Um, you have a particular set of skills, as they say. And as we're embarking upon this exercise program and really this journey of trying to get a little bit healthier and accomplish a goal, we need all the help that we can get. And so I'd love to, for you to share with our audience a little bit about what you do and why you do it. Yeah, for sure. So I help performers get to the next level and enjoy their performance more. Most of my clients are student athletes and it's my job to get them to play at their highest clip and just to have more fun on the field. And it's such a wonderful opportunity to uh, help people and teach them life lessons. How did you get into this uh, type of, of work? It must be a passion for you. Yeah, it is. It was kind of a silly story, to be honest. I was a college student, so 18, 19, and I was registering for classes as a psychology major. And 
as we all know, the most important factor is when the class starts, right? As an 18, 19 year old. So I picked this class randomly, started at 10. I said, great, I could sleep in a little bit. Walked into the class. Coincidentally, Dr. Beckerman, it was a world famous sports psychologist. And I was sitting in the table there in the classroom. And I said to myself, wow, this stuff is important. The world needs this. Where the heck was this when I was a student athlete? I could have used this. Not only to play better, but again, to learn life lessons and have a more meaningful life. And from that class forward, that something sparked inside of me and it springboarded me into a lovely career that I'm really thankful for. That's wonderful. Um, yeah, I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there that are so happy that your class didn't start at eight or else <laughs> who knows what you'd be doing. Who um, knows? You said, you said life lessons associated with the journey of performance and accomplishing a goal. When you say life lessons, what, what do you think about? I think about resiliency. I think about setting goals. I think about communication strategies. I think about self-awareness and everything I say and all of the lessons I preach to the clients apply outside of the chalk lines, so to speak. So athletics and physical activity and races and tournaments are all wonderful vehicles to learn life lessons. And they transfer one-to-one -to, -one to other areas of our life. How to be a better grandparent, how to be a better partner, how to listen better, how to understand somebody's point of view, how to advocate for ourselves, how to set a goal and actually reach it and feel good about ourselves. Those are the special moments I like to talk about. Um, we love to talk about those too. And as you know, our program is, uh, is really about getting anyone who wants to participate and uh, choose a goal and accomplish it. We, we wanna bring all of those people under the same tent. And one of the ways that we do that is we have this program to help people walk or run a 5K. And so there is sort of a discrete goal, so to speak, that we are hoping to champion for people, also recognizing they may have other goals too. And so now that everybody out there may have a common goal, how do we get our minds around what to do next to make it happen? Because you could argue the easiest thing is to say that you have a goal, but then what do you do next? Yeah, what do you do next? Great question. You write it down. You share it with friends and family. You tell everybody loudly and clearly, this is a goal of mine. This is important to me. Please hold me accountable. And research shows, Dr. Beckerman, when we write it down or when we share it out loud, we are statistically much more likely to achieve that goal. So broadcast it proudly to your community. And that will be a huge uh, resource and helpful point and helpful strategy to achieve your goals. So I love the idea about sharing it. And, you know, I mean, social media, we all know is this double-edged or probably triple-edged sword. Um, but one of the nice things about it is that it's an easy way to be accountable. You can be accountable for the salad that you ate at lunch that you took a photo of and posted for everybody to see. No, thank you. 
Uh, or you can share that you're about to do this really cool thing, have a great experience, and uh, lots of people probably will will like it and, and be happy for you. So let's say you do that, but the next part of the journey is the training. And how do you get people into a mindset where there's a schedule, they have to follow it, and maintain this level of engagement and discipline throughout the experience. For sure, that is really important. And a strategy for that is what we call process goals. And I use the analogy of a grocery list going to the store. We make a list of bread, of milk, of eggs, and we go down each aisle and we cross it off. We either did it or we didn't do it. And that's analogous to process goals. Process goals are many goals that help us focus on the steps in order to achieve our long-term goal. And I encourage folks to write down their process goals. For example, I'm going to hit the track three times a week. I'm going to have a meatless day. I'm going to uh, stop watching TV at night so my eyes can adjust so I could get better sleep quality so I can perform at a higher clip the next day. These are all process goals that lead us to our long-term goal of running that 5K. So to answer your question, write down your process goals, get it on paper, get organized. It's interesting the parallel that I'm hearing about um, writing things down and it just kind of makes them real in a certain way. And it, even coming from the perspective of somebody who's, for example, trying to lose weight, there's data that suggests if people write down what they eat, then there's just a, a consciousness that develops and a little bit more intention occurs around that activity. So I, I love the idea of writing it down. And a lot of us uh, have Google calendars or Outlook calendars and things where we can put things in ahead of time and set it and in a sense, forget it because it'll come back to us and alert us on a Tuesday that we have to do something. Mm -hmm. um, so it sounds like you're creating this great uh, uh, format and space for good things to happen. So what happens when it is Tuesday and the alarm goes off at six and I'm just like, oh, I don't wanna do this. Elliot, help me. Well, I've never felt that feeling, so I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, no, but one of the analogies I use, Dr. Beckerman, is a pie chart. So think back to middle school math class. We have a pie chart, right? And the whole pie is a 24-hour day. Now stick with me here. We have 24 hours in the day, and we all decide how we use our time, right? And our values often reflect our decision-making. So I want you to grab a piece of paper. I want you to draw a big circle. That's our pie. That's our 24 hours. Okay. Seven, eight hours of that chunk sleeping. Great. Shade that in. Uh, driving to work. Great. Commute time. Shade that in. All of these little slices of pie add up to our 24 hour day. I wonder what the slice of pie would look like for hitting the track and doing a workout. It is a snippet. It is a sliver. And I tell my clients, give yourself 
that slice. You have the rest of the day to spend your time on other things. Put it in perspective what you're asking of yourself compared to a 24-hour day. And that perspective, that uh, reminder of a short amount of time, a short amount of discipline, which leads to a much better day and a much happier day and a much more focused day. Uh, and so while the sliver of running on the track is so small, the rest of the pie is such a better life. I think that's a great perspective. Um, and for all the listeners out there who will be participating in the 5K training program, uh, the actual workouts generally last about 30 minutes or less. And so when you think about that 24-hour day, 30 minutes is, I don't know, 2% or something like that. And it's not even every day of the week. So yeah, it makes it seem like a pretty small time commitment and one that pretty much all of us should be able to uh, fit uh, onto our plate, so to speak. So here's the question though. It's Tuesday, the alarm goes off. I think about that pie and I decide instead I'm going to eat a piece of pie rather than do what Elliot told me to do. And I don't go work out and I feel terrible. And I think all of us have had that experience where we didn't do the thing that we intended to do. Doesn't feel good. And I've even heard people say, well, I shouldn't even do this. How do you respond to those people? Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind is acceptance and grace. Welcome to being a human. We have foul ups and we have slips and we have stormy moments. I do. Everyone I know does. And that acceptance can help us feel better and have a little grace with yourself. Slip ups will happen. Channel it and use it as fuel the next day you hit the track. And accept that we are human and those moments are going to come. I think it's a great perspective. Uh, welcome to being human, Heart to Start community. Um, one of the great things about Heart to Start, in my humble opinion, is that it is a community. And we talk about performance. Performance seems at first glance like it's an individual sport per se. I perform well or I perform not as well. How can we use the power of community to not only make us as individuals perform a little bit better, but frankly, do something even bigger? Great question. Community is a really special feeling. Belongingness is a big part of what motivates us as humans. And when we feel like we are doing something that's bigger than us, say for a community, say for a family, that drives us and that is gas in our fuel tank. So in other words, use your community to motivate you on your personal goals. And on the flip side, 
share your mini wins with your community to help support your community and celebrate wins together. So it's a fun dynamic and it goes back and forth and use the individual goals with the community goals and you weave them together and use it strategically. So to put it simply, get fired up for your community and share your wins with your community. Yeah, it seems like a it's a two-way street, right? Because if you share, people will share with you. And I think that's a great use of social media, frankly. Um, and we have uh, that for Heart to Start. We have a Facebook community. And one of my favorite things is throughout the season, just seeing people from uh, all over the place in, in, in a virtual program like this, people are literally all over the place sharing their successes, taking a photo of a beautiful day when they're outside or that uh, uh, running shoe shot uh, on the on the sidewalk or track. And those things can be really motivating. And and yeah, they get the likes and they get the the kudos because they're well deserved. And I think that if you're a member of a community that feels maybe more private or even less comfortable in that kind of sharing, just seeing that other people are doing it and being supported reminds you that it's a it's a safe space where uh, everybody wants everyone else to win. That seems like the essence of being part of a team, right? Absolutely. And I have uh, goosebumps on my forearms thinking about community and bringing one another up. What a fun meaningful space to spend time in what's what's more important in life than that and for all of our listeners you have an opportunity to be a part of that please join us it's only good things i've only seen smiles and hugs and success stories and i've really enjoyed my time collaborating with this community and i really encourage folks to join in i couldn't agree more um if you were to, you know, the people listening right now are just about to embark on this thing. And you have people who range in every level of experience. There are some people listening who've maybe never done an exercise program. There are other people listening who may have run a marathon in their former life and who, for whatever reason, are looking to get back into it. So we have this, uh, interesting experiment almost where we have such a diverse, a beautifully diverse group of people who are looking at a common goal. And so you, my friend, get the chance to give all of those people some advice today. Yeah. How about it? My advice would be to focus on what you're excited for. When we are eager that unfolds a lot of good things. Look forward to hugging your friend at the track. Look forward to finishing that cross line. Look forward to feeling satisfied taking off those running shoes. Look forward to that first seat on the couch after a tough workout, that hot shower. And be eager for these moments. And when we look forward in an eager way, that leads to better performance and more enjoyment. Look forward and be 
eager. Wise words from Elliot Waxman. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's great to talk to you. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us today on Heart to Start. We look forward to continuing this conversation to help you stay motivated and healthy throughout these 12 weeks. So let's get to the activity plan for the upcoming week. Remember, we welcome all movement styles with an emphasis in providing a training plan for walking or running a 5K. So if you're following our 5K plan, this week we begin our 12-week journey. Remember, this is interval training to help build a safe and sustainable base over the next 12 weeks, and it's for walking or running. So when we reference a fast pace, we're asking for a brisk pace, yet one where you can comfortably carry a conversation or sing a song if that's your jam. The slow pace is literally that. Slow down the pace, recover from the faster pace. Whatever works for you. So let's set your plan for the week. Write it down, schedule time in your calendar for your preferred mode of movement, at least three days each week, and then take one day to slow it down a little bit. Soak in the scenery with a nice walk. So if you're following our 5K training plan for walking or running, here's the details for week one. Let's focus on four days of movement. One day of a 20 minute moderately paced walk and three days of the following intervals. A five minute warm up, a one minute fast pace, and a two minute slow pace. You'll wanna repeat that one minute fast pace and two minute slow pace for a total of five times. And don't forget a nice cool down and some post-exercise stretching when you're done.